You're listening to Siren Radio. It's Andrew David, uh, strictly now on leave, um, because as everybody knows, there are all sorts of changes happening. And the biggest change is the fact that I'm set down from Siren Radio and the lovely Ryan Jones is in charge of things, making things work properly. Pro- I would say properly. He could probably speak properly as well. Actually, I've noticed in the schedules, he's put himself in to do some programmes. So that's going to be fantastic. But I have to tell you, it's three minutes past 11 on the 30th of March. And I'm going to say for the last time, and we've decided to squeeze you in for the last time, not on the 1st of the month, but on the last, effectively, of the month, Sir John Ketley, who I've just knighted. John Ketley, are you there? I am there indeed, Andrew. Yes, fighting fit. That's good. Now, the first thing everybody's going to say is that there, John Ketley, he tells us about the weather and March was fantastic. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking out the window today and I'm looking at AccuWeather. It's absolutely dire. And if we had the pictures on, you and I are wrapped up to the nines. <laughs> yes, John, it's, um, it, it's weather, but not as we know it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. absolutely right, Andrew. Yeah. And it's only fair that we start talking about uh, what was happening exactly 12 months ago today. We talk about the British weather. Every wind direction has its own weather. And you can never guarantee the same day in consecutive years will bring the same kind of conditions. So what did we have in 2021? The 30th of March was a Tuesday. It was warming up. We'd had a fairly chilly start to March. But then by this day, it was the hottest March day for more than half a century. The temperature in Kew Gardens reached 24.5 degrees. And in Lincoln, it reached 21 degrees. That was on this day exactly 12 months ago. And what have we got this morning, Andrew? We've started at seven or eight and it's tumbling through the rest of the day as the rain and then sleet begins to set in. Absolutely. And my knees are aching. It's, you know, it's my first day on leave. I thought I'd go and do some exciting things in the garden or something like that. No, I'm going to be indoors, wrapped up to the (laughs) nines, watching old editions of MASH or something like that. Anyway, enough of me. Let's have a look. Have you got figures in? Because as I say, we normally do this on the first Wednesday of the month. Um, Yeah, they're a bit short at the moment, obviously, because we're only up to the 30th and we've still got tomorrow to go. Uh, but I think the you know, general trend is that it's been a very, very dry and pretty sunny month, hasn't it? We've seen temperatures above average, certainly. And if we're looking at Lincoln in particular, we're looking at 1.6, 1.7 degrees above average temperatures. That's the 1991 to 2020 now. So they've updated that mm-hmm. at long last. Uh, so we are a degree and a half and a bit more higher than average for March. Uh, we've also seen the sunniest March probably on record, possibly, possibly. Probably um, the sunniest in the UK is going to be Lincolnshire. I think at the moment, up to yesterday, we've got 176.4 hours of sunshine, and I can't find any. Oh, Valley. <laughs> Actually, of, of all places, Valley uh, matches that. And Aldergrove, which uh, it tells you a story, this. Aldergrove in uh, Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland, they've also been about 175 hours of sunshine. So we've seen plenty of sunshine in those northwestern areas there. And uh, Lincolnshire also has stood out quite nicely. But I think in the end, we'll probably be beaten by somebody. But at the moment, in the first 29 days of the month, we've seen 176.4 hours of sunshine. Having said that, of course, there's nothing today. So that's not going to change. We should see a little bit more tomorrow, but not a great deal. Uh, But that's uh, something to hang your hat on. A pretty sunny month, certainly a mild month, 1.7 above average. And not much rainfall until now either. We've looked at 35 millimetres in Scampton. Uh, 38.2 at Waddington, 31.8 at Coningsby, 
and 33.4 at Wainfleet. So that's very, very dry. That um, represents in, in rainfall ter terms, what does what it say? It doesn't. It's, uh, it's actually normal rainfall. Well, that's strange, isn't it? It doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like that. But what it did feel like uh, for quite a large chunk of March um, was like the, f the first lockdown when we yeah. had that long yeah. period of warm-ish, dry, sunny weather, which helped lift spirits. Um, and Mar March, I, I will remember March as being a fairly pleasant, sunny month. Yeah. And the high pressure has been in charge as well. That's the main thing. That's what's brought the change in the weather this month. We've seen high pressure. And when I say we've seen anticyclonic conditions dominating across the UK, I'm talking about in Shetland, the pressure there throughout the month has been plus 12.6 millibars. So nearly 13 millibars on average above normal pressure up in the Shetland Islands. Uh, Estelle Muir, which has seen some rain, even there there's been nine millibars above normal pressure. This is what it's all about, 9.4 millibars at Waddington. So it has been high pressure dominating things across many parts of the country. That's kept the rainfall down. It's kept the sunshine up. Temperature-wise, well, it doesn't necessarily mean anything if you've got high pressure. It doesn't mean to say you're going to get necessarily higher temperatures because you could have some very cold nights and uh, everything averages out or becomes a little bit colder as a mean. Uh, but this time around, we've certainly seen temperatures above uh, normal throughout the UK. Uh, just looking at the rainfall, and again, we must reiterate, this is just for the first 29 days of the month and not total figures. They'll be updated in a few days' time uh, once somebody wakes up and uh, rattles the computer a bit more. Uh, but, uh, you know, Lossiemouth up in the northeast of Scotland, which at the best of times is a very sheltered area in the Murray Firth, they've only seen 13.4 millimetres of rain in the entire month. Uh, very, very small amounts there. That's 33% of their average. And um, I mentioned Estelmere, which is usually one of the hot spots for rain mm -hmm. at any time, in any month, in any year. Uh, they've only had the 74 millimetres, uh, which, again, is, is pretty lowly, 50% of average. And wherever you look, really, across the UK, we've seen very small rainfall totals, even Capel Keurig. And yeah, I think for one last time, we've got to mention Capel Keurig. We it's certainly do. Yes. <laughs> 66 millimetres, which That's is ridiculous. 31 percent It's ridiculous. Um, I should think everybody's been camping out there, having barbecues, haven't they? They've had such a fantastic time in March. Um, we we, we used a... to 200-odd from Cabo yes. Keurig. Well, we are in, in the wet spells, but that's when you get the conveyor belts. We, we call them yeah. conveyor belts of rain bands, which just come and stay there for three, four, five days. So it's, it's uh, self-perpetuating bands of rain. Well, we haven't seen that. Mm. Uh, Shubriness deserves a mention. It's... Uh, 18.4 millimetres at Shubriness up until uh, this morning. And they've had 156 hours of sunshine. So their rainfall is 56% of average as well. And I turn the page and what do I find there? Some higher rainfall totals in Cold Rose down in Cornwall and Dunkerswell. Dunkerswell has actually been just about the wettest place, although the sun's been shining this morning. Uh, but that's uh, Exeter, that's that area, Dunkerswell yep. Aerodrome. Uh, so they've on, they've had 78 millimetres, which was uh, bang on average, really. So they've they've had a pretty wet time of things. If you look at the temperatures, though, I mean, I've, I started off by mentioning the fact that this day last year it was 24.5 degrees in London. Well, we haven't seen those sort of figures yet across the country. North Holt managed 20.5. That's been the highest temperature, I think, this month, uh, which is relatively modest, actually. I mean, when you compare it with 24.5 last year, which you know, admittedly was a record for 50 years, um, I think 20.5 is, is nothing to get too excited about. I don't think the Morris dancers would have been out too often, would they? No. <laughs> <laughs> rattling, their, 
their uh, blocks their of wood or whatever they do. <laughs> and, and banging their sheep's bladders or whatever it is. Well, they, they, they do some funny things. It's never they, something that's appealed to me, I have to say. Do you know, I can't see you doing that. Unless, of no. course, you'd been invited by the two Ronnies to take part in one of their wonderful musical routines. Yeah, well, I haven't, no. But uh, having, just, having just mentioned the Morris dancers, there was a lad I went to school with who I haven't seen for donkey's years, obviously, uh, but he was a bit of a rebel at school, and he was—he looked like Donovan or or oh, yeah. something like that. He, he had that sort of look about him, Donovan, or um, um, a, a bit of, a bit wild anyway at times uh, to look at, I should say. He was a very bright man. He got a, a degree and a PhD, uh, but um, he actually went Morris dancing <laughs> in his twenties. It, make, I, it I, takes all sorts. It does. I never saw that coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say. Uh, but but there we go. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good month. You'd have to say it has been a good month, really. Overall, I suppose there was always going to be a sting in the tail. That's just the way these things pan out. Uh, but just I'm just going to try and find a few details of uh, going back to how we started the month. I mean, we um, we had the last program, didn't we, on the second? That was Wednesday the second. We were yep. on on board. Uh, that time, high pressure was then drifting away. So we, we did actually lose the high pressure for a few days, and it's quite cold. Temperature was only about seven to 10 degrees across the board. And then a very frosty weekend came up shortly after that. So we had went down to minus seven in parts of Northern Scotland. We had a frost at Scampton, minus two degrees by Monday morning on the 7th of March. So we've had these colder nights, certainly. And over the first 15 days of the month, so halfway through in Lincoln, we'd only had the 16 millimetres of rain. We were averaging about plus one degree at that time. So it's been actually milder since then. Now, the sunshine was 65 hours, so we've had about 110 hours in the second half of the month. It's been sunnier. Uh, the maximum temperature at that point had been 15.9, and now we've managed 18.8. 18.8 has been the top temperature in Lincolnshire, I think, uh, through this month, and we're not going to beat that now. Uh, so it has got better as the month's gone on. Uh, very few highlights, really. Uh, we, have, you know, we haven't seen the storms reappearing. I think there's been talk of storms. But what's happened, and that's quite interesting, and it's a bit of a diversion now, Andrew, it has diverted all the bad weather south. Now, my sister, <clears throat> pardon me, my sister, um, oh, she likes to go to Spain or the Canary Islands about two or three times a year. She's got more money than me mm -hmm. uh, with her family. And she went down to, um, to Spain, southern Spain, around about Almeria or Mahaca or somewhere uh, for 17 days this month. And you wouldn't believe it. She had two glorious days when she first got there. And then about 10 days of rain. It's been absolutely diabolical down in Spain. So what's happened is the high pressure has been across northwest Europe, and that's diverted the rain bands elsewhere into southern parts of Europe. And it's been absolutely dire down in Spain for several days. It's just improved recently, but then the rain's come back today. I think she's home today. Uh -huh. uh, so she'll be... <laughs> what does that mean? She's come home, and it's getting colder, and it's getting wetter again. So uh, she'll be blaming me, I expect. Uh, but uh, back on about the 16th of this month, when it really got very bad in Spain, Barcelona was reporting a huge dust storm swelling across large parts of Europe. And you know, that did influence what we had, didn't it? Do you remember there was Indeed. talk on, on the news about... We had uh, the, the orange dust, dust, yes. Yeah, that's right. Not as I didn't think it was as significant as that one on the 16th of October, about four or five years ago. That was much more uh, striking in, in our part of the world. But it did affect different parts of the UK. I know I was speaking to somebody in London who said that their car was covered in red dust the following morning after it had rained a bit. Uh, so, yes, there was uh, Saharan dust making its way out of North Africa, up through Spain, and eventually it came up through Western France and into the UK. Uh, so uh, it did get very gloomy, apparently. I, I know we both follow uh, 
boom radio, don't we? We do indeed. Uh, and the talk on there, you know, we've got uh, people there who broadcast from Spain and uh, they were saying how gloomy it's been. Very eerie skies, you know, that orangey well, grey look. You've reminded me to, of, of yeah. that October incident and it really was, yeah. it, it was almost surreal it was it, it was, was a bit like something from june you know the 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 the, uh, the science fiction films yeah where where you know you go to the red planet and everything is yes tinged and it really was horrific what i did notice been down to see uh, my mother-in-law a pool so it's a bit further south yeah. all of her um garden furniture uh, was covered in um, a, a red dust, and it was it, it were browny red dust. Although she didn't say that it had been particularly dull, um, I just think you know the odd yeah. drop of rain had brought it down. But it was definitely, definitely a, a covering. Don't think we got much here, did we? I didn't see anything at all here. No, I know London did get very, very gloomy and eerie for a couple of days, actually about thirty-six hours. They did in London, really. Uh, but probably Pool uh, was on the western flank of it all. Yes, that's that's interesting. But you tend to around the coast, you tend to get clearer air anyway. It, it's just the way things are at the coast. You get the sea breezes, which help to to clear the air a bit more. Uh, but uh, an interesting, interesting little topic because we haven't got many uh, world events in. Because we've come early this month, we haven't got mm. many world events to talk about. But it is just worth noting that uh, that Saharan dust and how it affected much of Western Europe. And um, looking at the, uh, the North America as well, the United States, they've seen some interesting weather as well. Um, they're talking now about some extremely high temperatures around uh, Death Valley, probably record high temperatures too. Really? Uh, so heat has been uh, shattering those records over in the US. I've just got a few here. The record breaking, this was on Saturday, March the 26th, and Death Valley uh, for March, uh, this was, uh, the, the old record was 100 degrees Fahrenheit, how quaint. Um, uh, 38C, exactly. Uh, that was set in 1988. That was their previous old record. But um, now they've gone up to 104 or 40 degrees C. And other places as well, Las Vegas, it was 87. That was set in 1947. And now it's gone up to uh, 93 degrees Fahrenheit. Desert Rock, Nevada, 87. That was uh, beating the previous 83 Fahrenheit. And other places which I've never heard of, but uh, you're a much more travelled man than me. Uh, Kingman in Arizona. Oh, yes. Kingman's uh, very famous. It's a jun- is it? nice junk. Yeah, it's quite. It's a junction between uh, two two states. Uh, right. As you, on your way either to or from Las Vegas down to Phoenix, Arizona. So right. yes, well, yeah. Where what have they ended up with? Well, their their previous record for March was um, eighty degrees Fahrenheit, which is virtually twenty seven C in nineteen sixty two, and now they've gone up to thirty point five, eighty seven degrees Fahrenheit. So Goodness. they had a seven degree Fahrenheit jump. Quite significant that, really. So that that was that was fantastic that they've had these record shattering temperatures. Um, in a place which is obviously widely regarded as the hottest place on earth, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> we all know that. Oh, yeah. It? Yes. <laughs> it's not a place I've actually been to yet, but uh, how many times have you been? And have you been a regular visitor over those hot over the la- Yeah, over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, um, mm. for, for, for business purposes, of you course. know, going, going to the uh, conferences and driving from LA, you can do different routes. We have done the, the, view, the route through um, Death Valley, and it's fascinating. Um, because it's it's it is a valley. It's a huge valley, um, mm. so so wide that you can sometimes see uh, the USAF doing flybys, and they fly yeah. by under you as you come over the top of the of the mountain pass. 
Well, at the bottom, you're actually below sea level. There's a sign that says you are now dropping below sea level. Um, yeah. And that's where it, the cauldron effect, I think, is yes. the way to express it. Yeah. And 100 degrees Fahrenheit in March, if you translated that to, say, June, July, August, that would be quite extraordinary. And will will be interesting to see whether there is um, any further warming later on mm. down the year, because 100 degrees d- down at the, the bottom of the valley is, is really toasty, and there yes. is nowhere to go. No. Um, no. But, but yet there, is, there are flowers that grow there. Um, it is yeah. quite extraordinary. Well, nature is like this, and this is what um, irritates me sometimes about uh, how people go on about how the world is changing temperature-wise and how nature is going to be decimated. Well, it isn't, is it? Because different, different aspects of nature can thrive in different conditions. It's always been like that. So and, I don't know why they say these things, really. And nature tends to adapt a lot better and a lot quicker than we do, because we try and change our environment, yeah. whereas nature um, adapts to it. Not completely, not all the time, because I yeah. can hear people shouting at me saying, Andrew, you don't know what you're talking about. But um, I have seen enough of these programmes, the excellent programme, uh, the, the Green Planet programme that uh, mm. Sir David Attenborough is doing at the moment, mm. seeing how some plants can adapt um, in a way that you just think, gosh, you know, these mm. programmes are so mind mind opening. So, yes, um, well, nature has gone through, you know, we're only a blip, aren't we? we we're are. here for a very short time. And nature's been out there for millions of years. And different, obviously, there's been some cataclysmic changes in the climate, obviously, over those years. But it always seems to bounce back in different forms. Yeah. yeah. But different parts of North America, I mean, having said that it's got very hot in Death Valley, uh, that was emphasised by the fact that uh, it had been very cold again up in the northeast. Yep. They've had unseasonably cold weather over the weekend, last weekend, and last into the start of this week. Parts of the American West have experienced these record-shattering heat conditions, but elsewhere it's been much, much colder than normal. Uh, so that was fascinating, really. And I think I've got other figures for um, parts of North America as well, which I'm hoping to... Um, I mean, one of the things I can say is that uh, every time I, I dial up uh, Bruce, and we've, we've mm. now finished the season of American Cousins as well, but he, yeah. during the whole of March, was wearing T-shirt and shorts. Um, oh, really? And he was saying that uh, his part of L.A. was pleasantly warm and pleasantly spring-like. Um, yeah. And, of course, yeah. with that, unfortunately, uh, comes a, a degradation in the air quality because of you know all the traffic and stuff they have there. Although I think... The change to um, electric or, or um, split system cars um, is beginning to make a bit of a difference, which is mm. <laughs> thankful because uh, yeah. the, the smog and, uh, you know, on a big hot day, you can taste the air. And that is very unpleasant, I can tell you. Yes, I can imagine that. But Has um, that given you enough time to find these other figures? I just got, I've just got one or two things here, Andrew. Yes, because the, uh, the colder weather was coming down from the north and that was yep. influencing what was going to happen as far as tornadoes and things were concerned. Uh, Big storms developed. Uh, so we've got the hot air uh, across parts of California. We've got some hotter air, very warm air down around the Gulf of Mexico, which, of course, is fairly standard. Uh, but uh, tornadoes were starting to kick off. And even yesterday, there was uh, a big pileup, apparently, on the snowy Interstate 81 in Shukil County, Pennsylvania. Yes. I bet you haven't been there, have you? No. No, right. <laughs> so there's a big pile up there because of snow. Uh, so the, the cold air was digging in there and uh, completely changing the climate across different parts of the states. And severe thunderstorms and, uh, and tornadoes are becoming a little bit more widespread, should we say, in the past week or so. We're now entering, of course, April 
is the start of the most dangerous three months for tornadoes in the mm. US, April, May and June. And tornado activity is going to peak again in the next few days and weeks. Uh, so that's quite significant that things will be happening down there. And, uh, you know, if you look at AccuWeather and places like that, they'll, they'll tell you, how will you prepare for tornadoes? Well, I think you'd probably leave the country and go somewhere else. I was going to say, you can't get out of them, can you? Yes, move away momentarily. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is very difficult to avoid a tornado. If it's got your name on it, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid you've just got to batten down the hatches somehow. And, and go into your underground cellar and pull yeah, the, yes. the lid down on top of you. And That's so true. many of the houses are built like that with big cellars into which you can escape. Yeah, but thankfully, you know, I mean, it's, it seems there's nothing really compared with those poor people. Millions of people have had to leave Eastern Europe and, uh, yeah. oh dear, nothing, you know, the weather is severe, but it's nothing like that. No, no. But they've had, to, of course, to endure some fairly grim weather, which um, we see on a daily basis uh, in, the, in the reports. There's often snow and rain and they're all wrapped up to the line. So it mm. has been completely appalling. Are we going yeah. to take a break for your final tune? Yes. Well, for which uh, we have spent 49 pence because our library <laughs> strangely hadn't got this one. Yes, I, I've got a feeling that we played this about four years ago, but uh, maybe it's just my memory playing tricks. Uh, This is Nick Kershaw, and whatever happens with the weather show in the future, I'm not going to let the sun go down on me.
And I can't believe that was 1984, what, 38 <laughs> years ago that Nick was uh, singing those, his dulcet tones was bringing uh, that track out. I think it's great, that one. Uh, he, he, he can still do it. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, yes, we won't let the sun go down because this, just to remind the listener, uh, is the final edition of the John Ketley Weather Show with me, Andrew David, on Siren Radio. Things may change, not for Siren Radio, because I am stepping back. I've now stepped down and Brian Jones is um, acting, managing and acting very well. Um, I have to say that because without his abilities, this programme won't get broadcast. <laughs> he's um, an expert when it comes to the uh, the screwdriver, isn't he? He's, and, and, and the changing the battery and the uh, whatever it is <laughs> that keeps the power going. Yeah. Anyway, John, it's lovely to have you here. Um, we've, we've reflected on the fact that um, it was quite warm and sunny during March, even though yeah. as we record this at 11.25 on Wednesday, the 30th of March, it's not... However, we have other <laughs> things to talk about. Um, and I was, I, my ears pricked up at two fantastic pieces of Met news, one of which yes. made a, a big impact on BBC television. Um, and it's to do with rainfall and mm. some manual counting that people have done on behalf of the Met office yeah. during lockdown. Tell us more. Well, all I know about it, it's actually yeah, two years ago exactly, the Met office were appeal, appealing for uh, <laughs> volunteers. Well, I think that's fairly easy to do. Uh, but um, loads, I, mean, I don't know how many volunteers there were in there, and there were thousands, weren't there, who looked through these old paper records of uh, people who've been doing um, rainfall figures going back into the Victorian era, and probably yeah. before as well, quite frankly. I mean, you've got to say that you don't know that these are totally reliable. That's the first thing. And you don't know what the aspect, how the rain gauge would have been sighted in these different um, posh houses and uh, parks and wherever they were. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Old Power to the Elbow, the National Meteorological Archive has got all these extra figures in there for the, those, uh, that, that period. And 66,000 pieces of paper were, um, <laughs> were, were scanned. Um, and uh, they've, they've put it all together and come up with different figures um, as far as wettest and, and all that kind of thing is concerned. Uh, so this record-breaking Victorian weather has been revealed after millions of archive rainfall records dating back nearly 200 years have been accumulated. And it goes back to uh, 1836. And 1836 was quite significant. That was the year that Charles Darwin returned to the UK on the Beagle with Vice Admiral Robert Fitzroy. And that was the year before Queen Victoria took to the throne. Now, Robert Fitzroy actually was the first boss, if you want to call it that, of the original Met Office. Uh, was he? I part of the Board that. of Trade, yes. Ah. So he set up um, the Met Office in a different guise, all because of his um, his experience at sea, really, because he was more concerned about shipping forecasts and things like that, trying to warn uh, people out on ships and boats rather than worrying about people putting their washing out in those days. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that was the catalyst. He'd been at sea for most of his career life, and uh, he wanted to improve the weather forecast for, for the mariners, really. So that's how it all came about. So it turned out to be a fascinating glimpse into the past. This new data allowed for a longer and more detailed um, picture of variations that have been taking place in monthly rainfall over those uh, that uh, 20, 26 year period to 1836. Uh, so it increases our, under this, this is what the metaphysics is saying, it increased our understanding of weather extremes and flood risk across the UK and Ireland and understand the long-term trends towards dramatic changes we're seeing today. Well, I've looked at some of these figures, and I'm not sure it helps at all, uh, because to me, it just shows, again, as if we need a proof, that uh, there were extremely variable conditions from one month to another and one year to another. 
And, uh, you know, good luck to anybody who's got to look at all these figures now and try and work something out because I can't see it. The U- they actually admit at the Met Office that the UK rainfall record is notoriously variable <laughs> with extremes of weather presenting us with drought and floods. True. Uh, not necessarily in the same place at the same time in the same year, but it's going to happen and will continue to happen in the future, obviously. But um, joking apart, Andrew, I think we've got to admit that they've come up with uh, now the driest year on record is now for England, uh, 1855. Um, And the England, as far as I could see, England and Wales record dry year was 1854, the year before. Um, That's on England and Wales data. I don't have just the England data for 1854. So there must be a more significant change to make it 1855, I think. Mm. So the driest year on record is now 1855. Uh, For many regions of of England, the driest May on record, which was actually classed as just recently, May 2020, in that period of um, lockdown, um, that was at the time said to be the driest ever May. Well, I'm afraid that's gone now because we've discovered with all these figures that the record shifts back to May 1844. And the average for England was 8.3 millimetres throughout the month instead of 9.6. So a whole millimetre drier. So, Andrew, does that prove anything? Well, I think you've brought up some interesting points. Uh, I can remember when my dad had a rain gauge, uh, this beautiful, I think it was made out of copper, um, yeah. It was cylindrical. It um, had a, a funnel and he had a little measuring jug inside yes, it. That's right. Um, and he put it in a very specific place in the garden so that trees weren't dripping into, you know, it, it had to be laid out properly. And wonderful though these figures are, I think the caveat has to be um, how how they were put together now i seem Mm. to recall somebody said they did build in some clever um uh, mathematical models to allow for some level of flexibility um what i was impressed by with particularly the ones that um the science correspondent for the bbc was showing us on television was the beautiful almost copper plate writing some of the entries once they looked at were absolutely fabulous i can remember my dad's books he didn't have particularly good handwriting and so one of the problems could be that they misread some of the numbers if they were, yep. you know, trying to digitise my father, I'm not. Try, right. I'm not going to knock it, but because no. oh, no. I think I think it is as a piece of research work very valuable. Just so long as there's a caveat on the numbers saying yeah. where the, where they were driven from, because this this actually leads us on to um, the, the other thing that I happen to notice is that uh, the Met Office is redefining what a heat wave is, which I know mm. uh, inflames you. <laughs> Sorry about the pun, um, which no, and again, you see, it's a, it's about a, it's you know, lies, damn lies, and statistics. It's, it's where you decide to draw the line, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm as you know, I'm just an old curmudgeon these days, as <laughs> Terry Wogan would have said. Oh, bless uh, him. Old curmudgeons together. Absolutely. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> as Indeed. far as I'm concerned. Indeed, I, I agree. I, I, <laughs> I'll curmudgeon along with you. So tell us about this heat wave thing then. Well, the heat wave thing, I might just want one final line. It was interesting Sorry. that yeah. the, the Met Office in their, in their press release said that uh, there are a vast number of locations with rain gauges across the country. 
And that included one next door to Beatrix Potter's Hilltop Farm in the Lake District, where oh, she wrote many wonderful. of her famous books. Oh. So that was nice. I should think Beatrix was probably, well, she was very, very keen on the weather, wasn't she? She was, she was. Um, um, so why would the rain gauge was next door? I don't know. Why didn't she have one? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I'll need, I think that's part of my, my, my investigations now. I'm a retired person and yes. can go off. I shall, I shall investigate that and report back. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, ex- yeah, as far as heat waves are concerned, well, I haven't got the exact figures in front of me, but they're saying now that because of uh, global warming, because we are warming up, we are seeing allegedly more heat waves in this country at a higher level. Uh, they seem to people seem to have forgot two thousand and three when it was very very hot indeed. Yes. Um, um, the, they're now changing the um, the definition of a heat wave. It's still three days or more, just three days. That's three consecutive days. Three consecutive days, yes. Yep. Uh, where the temperature in different parts of the country reaches 25 or 26 or 27 or 28 degrees C, which I think if you're on holiday in England or this country, anywhere in the UK, and you're only guaranteed to get three or four days of temperatures of 25 in your two weeks holiday, would you think that you'd enjoyed a heat wave? I'm not sure that you would. That's, that's all I'm saying, Andrew. I just well, think, to me, to me, uh, you know, we've seen these, we've seen very hot weather. Obviously, we've seen very hot weather in 2018. was extremely hot and dry for several weeks in the summer. And there's no question, that was a brilliant summer. Uh, but that, is that exceptional? It probably is exceptional. We're not going to see that every year, although some people would try and make sure that we did. But... Um, 2003, 2006, we had some extremely hot weather, as we did back in 75 and 76. So we've seen it all before. And at high levels, very similar to what we've seen in more recent years as well. So I think that those figures are too low. I think if you're talking about a heat wave, it's got to be a heat wave which is lasting at least five days and temperatures well into the 30s. I think we've got to be looking at a threshold of at least 30 degrees C. Yes, because... I mean, looking back at some of the temperatures you were talking about this time last year, 24.5. OK, that was exceptional. Uh, but even recently, 20.5 um, in the last couple of days. So mm. 25 is not that much higher. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if if you get in, into an area where you're um, in, you know, in the shades, you know, shaded from any winds or something, right? it could, you know, could easily get to 25, 26 at this time of year. Mm. Um so, so you're saying uh, this is the John Ketley measure of a heat wave. We yes. uh, we have to say it's <laughs> this is not official, nor yet no. has been adopted. It's five days of at least thirty degrees. Well, I, th- I think that makes more sense. Yeah, don't you think? Don't you, don't you think the general public would think that as well? Wouldn't you think that if uh, if the Met Office announced that from uh, Friday onwards into next week we're going to have five consecutive days where temperatures reach thirty degrees? I think you'd see a stampede to the coast then. You wouldn't necessarily see a stampede to the coast at 25 for three no. days. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and not based on the uh, the situation you described your sister. Uh, well, yes. With her well, 17 yes. days, I'm going to get some sun, but she didn't. No, I mean, she's, she's normally very lucky because they often go to um, Lanzarote, ah, right. uh, which although it's windy, um, they are guaranteed most of the time dry. Oh, right. uh, temperatures uh, not necessarily super high and the water's always a bit chilly around there the canaries current is a chilly current as i can vouch uh, but um i think this time it was uh, i think she'll be spitting feathers really on her way I back bet. and does she <laughs> does she blame her brother she hasn't mentioned it yet yeah. um but uh, i should think my name was mentioned while she was away Somewhat uh, mercury I mean, yes it is awful it is awful when yeah. you you go away for i think 17 days i think she was going for and you finish up with about 10 days of cloud and 
outbreaks of rain. No, that's not it's good. Not nice, not. is it? No. Uh, well, before we wrap up with the, the final weather forecast, do you have any other bombos uh, that you can throw our way? Uh, I can only talk about what I think might be happening in the future. We've got the Grand National coming up, of course, oh, a week on to... Saturday. Hey, we... uh, is it a week on Saturday? And a week on Saturday. So it'll yeah. also be the boat race fairly soon as well, the won't boat, it? Uh, the boat race, uh, I think it might be the same weekend, yes. I'm not absolutely oh, certain. We, and... we, we follow the boat race here because, you know, if you're going to have a bet, there's a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Absolutely. And, and of course, the other thing that hangs in the, in the background is April and snow and mm. Easter. But let's... Uh, OK. Off you go for your future projections. Well, as far as, t- <laughs> as, far as looking out the window is concerned, it's miserable today. It's cold Wet and, and, uh, and there's more rain to come, more heavy showers to come, cold winds, frost returning at night. And that's going to continue into the start of the weekend. But then things improve a bit. It's going to get milder from Sunday onwards. I think we'll lose most of the showers for a while, a short while. Uh, but certainly milder winds coming in. And then there will be uh, rain bands sort of scratching out across the country in the middle part of next week and in towards uh, Grand National Weekend. It all depends where the, the rain band lies. I think at the moment it's going to be more likely to begin with, at least across in uh, southwest Scotland and up into uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, so there may not be too much rain on this eastern side of England. So we could be in for a drier spell there, but not, uh, not a heat wave by any means. It's only going to be looking at 13 to 15 degrees if you're lucky. Uh, so an improvement, but not uh, not great. I think you've got to look um, really a little bit further ahead towards Easter. Uh, my mantra, as I've got to leave you with my mantra, which please is do, please more, do. Likely to, more likely to snow at Easter than it is at Christmas. Well, because Easter is so very late this year, I think I keep my powder dry. Maybe only far northern parts of Scotland could see some snow on the mountains. It's still a possibility, even this year, that we could see some snow on the mountains at Easter. Uh, but elsewhere, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And with the evidence I've got in front of me, there is more rain coming back into Spain, I have to say, as well at times. So uh, even for people going away for Easter, not great. Um, still very unsettled across large parts of Europe. And uh, we just have to wait a bit longer for one of those first official heatwave uh, mentions. Uh, and, and a proper heatwave. We call it the John Ketley heatwave uh, um, measurement. I'm sure we can come up with a slick title. but Yeah, um, we, need, we need something a bit slicker. Yeah. And I think now we need to, uh, Andrew, I just need to say that you need to put together now the best of, the best <laughs> of the John Ketley Weather Show so we can run and run with that for the rest of the year, if possible. <laughs> what a great idea. John Ketley, on behalf of everybody at Siren Radio, and I know the hundreds of people who listen into our broadcast, not just on air, but also on the uh, podcast, which is where it also disappears too. Thank you so much indeed for being part of uh, of what we've been doing here on Siren Radio. And who knows what the future may uh, may mm. uh, may hold. Um, as they great say, pleasure, Andrew, anyway. watch this space. And John Ketley, thank you very much indeed for being with us today here on Siren Radio. Bro.
Chance and changed your way to life. 